Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. Thanks be to God. Always causes us to triumph. How many in here love Jesus tonight? Do you love the master, the head of the church? Oh, praise God. Without him, nothing. No salvation. No future. No healing. No provision. No deliverance. But with him, everything. Everything. Oh, we've been seated with him. We've been blessed. Hallelujah. With all spiritual blessings. In him. In Christ. Oh, it's such a privilege to be with you this evening. I count it such an honor. We've been blessed already by being in your great country, in your great city. Uh, like Brother Tony said, we have, Phyllis, my wife, and, and myself have counted Brother Tony and Miss Patsy as good friends for decades now, and I'm uh, just so blessed to see what the Lord is doing through them here and in your lives, and I don't believe that you and I and all of us are here by accident tonight, but that our steps are ordered of the Lord. Do you believe that? Our steps are ordered of Him, and He is by far the most important person here tonight. Is that right? And so he said, if two or three of you gathered together in my midst, uh, in my name, I'd be right there in the midst of you. Somebody say, he's here. He's here. He's here. So let's uh, reverence him and agree together in, in prayer and faith about the rest of the service. How many believe you can hear, not from a man or a woman tonight, but you can hear from him. You can hear from the Holy Spirit. And hearing from him, if you'll put it into practice, is life changing. Father, in Jesus' name, we agree together as touching this. Thank you for already hearing everyone's prayer. You're so faithful and gracious to do so. And we agree together asking for the anointing, asking for your Holy Spirit to manifest and move, asking for utterance the exact words that you would say and asking for ears to hear and eyes and heart that can discern and receive, asking for answers, direction, help, that which would elevate us, bring us up to the next place that you have for us. And with purpose, Lord, not to be forgetful hearers, but to reverence what you give us and put it into practice and do it. And as surely as we do that, you will watch over it and perform it in our lives. Hallelujah. Miracles will happen. And we'll give you the glory. We'll give you the praise. We'll give you the thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated. Thanks, guys. Glory be to God. I believe we're in the right place tonight. 
And you won't scare me if you say amen. amen. <laughs> I know that you uh, receive excellent word around here on a regular basis in uh, seeking the Lord about what he might be able to use me to add. I was uh, impressed with the scripture in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians. So if you'd turn there, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And now the plan is uh, for us to be here tomorrow night. Is that right? And the next. And then also Sunday morning. And uh, so uh, usually the way the Lord uses me, I just keep building on the same thing night to night. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and acknowledge uh, I don't know everything. And uh, you don't have to wonder about that. <laughs> I know a good friend of ours uh, used to teach in, in Ramah as a guest instructor. One of the first time he was there, we went out to, us instructors would go out to eat lunch together on Wednesday. And... Uh, Somebody asked him a question. He leaned back in the chair and he said, I can answer any question. <laughs> well, the rest of the instructors, we kind of looked at each other and said, oh, okay, really? He said, often my answer is, I don't know. <laughs> but I can answer any question. There's so much we don't know. If uh, Paul, by the Spirit, said, we know in part. Even after multiple vis visions of the head of the church being caught up to the third heaven, he said, we just know part of it. Then uh, certainly most of the rest of us are just no part of the part of the part. And it's all those parts you don't know where you can get it wrong. But the Lord, the, here's the good thing about it. The Lord looks at the heart. Did you know that? He, he's not, you know, critiquing you on every little technical thing, he's looking at your heart. And uh, if your heart is whole towards him, it's acceptable. Even when you're making mistakes, he's a good father. Hallelujah. And he knows you. He knows your heart. In uh, 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, wonderful passage of scripture, talking about the new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or a new creation. Anybody, can you lift a hand and say, you've been born again? You are in Christ. You are a new creation from what you previously were before you were born again. You're not the same, and your spirit didn't get healed. It was recreated. Are y'all with me? And your sins didn't get covered. They've been washed away. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Master. And having become a new creation, old things have uh, passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all these things are of God who has reconciled us to himself 
by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, or that is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20, this is my text, I think. <laughs> you know, uh, some years ago when I first started preaching and teaching, uh, you know, we came up under Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr.'s ministry, and oftentimes he'd talk about uh, rabbit trails, trails, and he said some of these side journeys help us as much as any other thing. And so I'd, I'd get to preaching, and I'd say, well, this is not my message, but, and I'd spend 15 minutes on it. And then I said, well, this is not my message, but. And one day when I said that, I guess the Lord was tired of hearing it. He said, son, if I say that's your message, that's your message. <laughs> we do want to be led by the Spirit, right? Even though you might have all kind of plans, and that's not just in preaching now, that's everyday life. You can have all kind of plans. You want to stay open to completely rearranging things when you get a prompting by the Spirit. It's how He leads us, it's how He guides us, it's how He protects us, it's how He prospers us. Pay attention to the leading of the Spirit. You ever heard somebody say, you know, they did something that thought, and they said, I knew I shouldn't have done that. I knew, well, if you knew you shouldn't have done that, why had you done that? Right? Too many times people have not been taught to pay attention to the witness. Uh, it's vitally important. I mean, it's, it's life and death. It's victory and defeat. It's needs being met or not being met. It is one of the most important things we could ever learn in life is how to be led by the Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit, Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Are you a child of God? Are you a son of God? Say it out loud, I'm led by the Spirit. You know, while I'm here, I've already taken a side journey. While I'm here, uh, let me just encourage you along this line. I had somebody come up to me some years ago and they said, Brother Keith, would you pray for me? I got this big thing coming up, this big decision that I got to make, and I have prayed and I have fasted and I just, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I've talked to everybody and I don't know what to do. I can't seem to hear from God. And uh, I've even prayed and I've fasted and I just can't seem to hear. And I, and I said, well, stop. I said, uh, don't ever say that again. Yeah. He said, what? I said, don't ever say again, you can't hear from God. Don't say again, I don't know what to do or I won't know what to do. Why? Because in that case, your words would be stout against him. And against his, because he did not say you can't hear from him. He said, my sheep know my voice. He said, I, the, the Lord orders, the psalmist said, the Lord orders my steps. He directs my paths. First John says, you have an unction of the Holy One and you know all things. We must get in agreement with what he's saying about us. So even when you don't have a clue in your head, what to do about it. You need to talk faith. You need to say he is leading me. He's guiding me. I have an anointing of the 
the Holy Spirit, I'll know what to do. He will show me. I'll go the right way. He's ordering my, come on, somebody needs to say it right now. Say, say I hear from him. I know his voice. He's ordering my steps. I'll do the right thing. I'll go the right way. For he leads me. Praise God. Now see, when you're talking that way, by faith, you are cooperating with him. You are agreeing with him and agreeing with his spirit. Man, you do that on a regular basis, you'll wind up at the right place at the right time again and again. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In, uh, back to the passage here, 2 Corinthians 5. Verse 20, he said, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. This is the verse that stood out to me today for our ministry tonight. We are ambassadors for Christ. Hallelujah. Does that apply to you? Well, it's not enough to think, okay, maybe it does. We need to know. We need to be sure. What does it mean if it does? What does it mean to be an ambassador for Christ? He said, we, we pray you in Christ's stead. Instead of the master, what is an ambassador? An ambassador is an authorized representative, someone who is authorized, empowered, enabled to speak and act on another's behalf. This is actually what it means to say such and such in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name is not a magical incantation like hocus pocus, abracadabra, in the name of Jesus. Now the reason I say that is because oftentimes people try to use it as such. You remember in the book of Acts, the seven sons of Siva? And they heard Paul use the name of Jesus. Anybody remember reading about that? So they said they'd try it. Faith doesn't try. You know, the Egyptians tried to cross the Red Sea. <laughs> That's what Hebrews 11 says they assayed to. That means they attempted it. They tried it. No, it doesn't work. Faith doesn't try. You, you're convinced, you're fully persuaded, so you do it. Hmm? We don't try tithing. We don't try sowing. We don't try walking in love. Come on, y'all with me. You got to be persuaded, no matter what it looks or feels like, and you do it as a way of life, and that's the people that get results. But it said uh, these Seven sons of Sceva, they, uh, they said, we adjure you 
in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. <laughs> and the man in whom the Spirit was jumped on them, beat them up. They ran out of the house injured and naked. Not good results. <laughs> right? Now there's a real lesson to be learned here. Trying what you hear somebody else do. Faith is something that's real to you. Faith is something personal between you and God. It's not just living by faith principles. It's living by living faith in the living God. Hallelujah. <laughs> that you know him for yourself. Didn't, didn't Paul say that? I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep what I've committed to him. So uh, not trying. And confidence is another word for faith. Don't cast away your confidence, the scripture says. And he's talking about faith. And when uh, your faith is strong, your persuasion is full, your confidence is full, fully persuaded, confident, and it makes you bold. Bold. Not arrogant, not pushy, but bold. Somebody say bold, bold. Bold. Why would you be bold? You're bold because you're sure. Amen. And as an ambassador, you must be sure if you are one or not. <laughs> and you must be sure if you've been sent or not. You must be sure what you've been authorized to say, what you've been authorized to do. Hmm? And the enemy will try to undermine your confidence through all kind of things. And that's why we got to be overcomers, get things settled, and become confident. Confident. The Bible said, come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You'll hear people talk about they're going to bombard the gates of heaven. How come? What, what, what are we bombarding? You know, people out making noise at the gates. And the father says, what are they doing out there? <laughs> Didn't I tell them to come boldly yeah. to the throne? Yeah. And yet people think they're being humble, don't know they're being foolish. You know, no, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. We'll just hang out here at the gates and bombard, whatever that means. <laughs> no, it's, it's humility to submit to what he tells you. I said it's humility to submit to what he tells you to do. And if he says come boldly to the throne, no matter how you feel, submit to him and stand up and come on in. Right? Just like they were singing, seated with him. In heavenly places. Hallelujah. I know uh, brother, brother Kenneth Hagin, who's in heaven now, he told of how that uh, he had a vision of the master. And the Lord uh, uh, told him that he had called him. 
giving him a, an anointing to minister to the sick. He said at one point, uh, something that stood out to me that, that I remember, he said uh, at one point he, he looked at the master and was just overwhelmed and fell down at his feet and said, Lord, no one is unworthy as I should look upon your face. And no matter what you think you know, in the presence of such purity, <laughs> in the presence of such power and glory, you'd feel that way. He said, but the master said, stand up. Stand upright on your feet. Wow. He said he stood up, and the master looked at him and said, I've made you worthy to look on my face. Oh, glory to God. Do you believe that, saints? You believe that? I've made you worthy. Has he? Has he? You know, you're either clean or you're not. You're either made righteous or you're unrighteous. Whose righteousness do we have anyway? Our righteousness was not enough. It was not adequate. It was not acceptable. We had to, by faith, receive his righteousness. Well, if it's his righteousness that we've been made righteous with, it certainly is enough and more than enough. Isn't it great that the, the Lord is called the glory and the lifter of our head? Come on, is that right? I mean, we should not be hanging our head. We should not be staying in shame. We should not remain in condemnation when the price has been paid. Is it true? The price has been paid. Somebody say, I've been made righteous with his righteousness. Well, that's as good as it gets. You can't get any better righteousness than his righteousness. Thank you, Father. We didn't earn righteous. We didn't merit righteous. We were made. And that's right here in this passage. Keep, keep reading the rest of it. We're ambassadors for the Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead in the place of the Master himself, he saying, Be ye reconciled to God for, for, he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now let me ask you a question. Was he really made sin? Was he? You know, the Bible said in John 3, right before it talks about John 3, 16, God so loved the world, in, in that same passage, it says that even as Moses lifted up the serpent on the cross, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now, the serpent on the cross, that's a brass snake on a pole. How is a brass snake a type of Jesus. Are y'all with me? No doubt that it is. The master himself said so. 
How is a brass snake a type of Jesus on the cross? Brass represents judgment. The serpent represents sin. This whole thing represents judgment. Why? Because on the cross, Jesus didn't just sympathize with our sins. He became sin. Come on, y'all with me? That's why it's a brass snake. He became sin with our sin. Isaiah, looking uh, generations ahead by the Spirit, said his form was so marred more than any man, his visage, more than any man. Well, that's not just talking about the outside. As awful as the crucifixion and the scourging was, that wasn't the worst thing that happened. What happened is all the sin of mankind, past, present, and future generations, was laid and converged on his sinless, spotless being at once, and he became sin. And he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The judgment came upon him there. He didn't commit sin. He never sinned. It was your sin. It was my sin. Did he really become sin, saying to God? That was weak. I said, did he really become sin with your and my sin? Well, now then read the verse again. Verse 21, he made him, God made him to be sin for us, not for himself, who knew no sin. He never committed any sin. Well, you may not have committed much righteousness. <laughs> you might not feel very righteous, might not look very righteous, but, but, Jesus didn't look like sin. He he didn't commit sin, but he was made sin. Made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Why? What was the purpose of it? So that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Just as surely as he was made sin... You have been made righteous. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And on the third day, when the Father spoke from heaven and said, you know, you are my son. I've begotten you. And hell shook. And he came from the heart of the earth. Somebody said, I just don't believe in all that Jesus going to hell. If he didn't, you are. I think I'd go ahead and believe that he did. Is that right? If he didn't go in your place, you're going. Hell shook when the voice of the Almighty spoke from on high and justice was satisfied. And even though he literally had become sin with our sin, he came right up out of there. He rose from the dead and went right into the presence of of almighty God in the holy of holies so there is no sin on him. 
If he could come from the heart of the earth being made sin right into the presence of the Holy of Holies, then you and I, having been made righteous, can do the same. With his righteousness, we can also come boldly right into the presence of the earth. Not, not because of what we've done, because of what he did. Was he really made sin? Yes. Then have you really been made righteous? Yes. With his righteousness. Now that is told us the very next verse after telling us we are ambassadors. We are ambassadors. This is why we are and how we can be. The enemy, tell, the enemy will tell you you're not worthy. How dare you think you could stand up and say, the Lord sent me. I'm speaking on his behalf, in his name. The devil is afraid of this. Oh, he's afraid of any child of God who finds out who or she is and dares to rise up boldly and speak and act in that name of Jesus. And so one of the principal tactics that the enemy uses all the time is shame. Shame. It's why he tempts you all the time to get you to violate your conscience. Because then he can work condemnation against your mind. He can work shame against you. And that will prevent you from being confident. That will prevent you from being bold. Can you see this? Our confidence is key in this. 1 John 5, go there and look please. 1 John 5. Are you okay? 1 John 5 and 14. It says, this is the what? Confidence. Are you confident? Huh? Take a look at your neighbor. See how confident they look. Huh? <laughs> any, any confidence there? <laughs> confidence? Somebody say confidence. 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 He said this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything in his name, excuse me, according to his will, he hears us. And if we know, everybody say no, 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 confidence, no. If we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, then we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. We know. We know. Praise God, we know. We're sure. If, you're not, if we don't know, we must overcome what's in between us and being confident. If we're not sure, we must overcome what's between us because wavering doesn't get results. What does the scripture say? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't let that man think he'll receive. 
anything in the, of the Lord. It's not okay to go, well, uh, well, let's pray. You think it'll happen? I don't know. I hope so. We'll see. Let's give it a shot. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. No, it won't. The things of God didn't work that way. Uh, you know, uh, first few years of ministry, I thought my job was to do pretty much anything anybody asked me to. If anybody wanted me to pray with them, pray with them, whatever they wanted to pray about, spend time, counsel, whatever. And I began to see something's not right here. I mean, we're just not seeing the results like we, we should see. And eventually I began to see that just because somebody said pray about this or pray with me or agree with me about this does not mean they're really in a position to do so. If you're still questioning the will of God about it, you can't pray in faith. And you're not ready to receive. And I actually had the Lord to give me this phrase. He said, if you'll be concerning prayer, concerning speaking confessions, he said, son, if you'll be more selective, you'll be more effective. Hmm? If you'll be more selective, what does that mean? Uh, sometimes you just need to, to tell people, ask them a question or two, and, and you'll find out they're not ready to pray. You're not ready. Talk about a prayer of faith, prayer of receiving. You're not ready. They're not ready. Uh, and, and then we need to give the, the Word of God first place. I know ministering there in healing school, actually under Miss Patsy for a number of years. And, and then afterwards, uh, uh, we, we had a, on one occasion, uh, a person came and they just dropped in in the middle of the day and said, would you please pray for me about healing? They told about a serious condition that they'd been diagnosed with. And I had learned by that time, you know, ask a question or two. See, see where they are. So I did, and I found out they are, they are nowhere ready to receive. They don't know the will of God, no confidence. They're not sure about anything. I said, well, we're about to start class here in the afternoon in just an hour or so. You know, come get in the class, sit in. You know, faith comes by hearing. And um, they said, no, no, I plan to go shopping <laughs> with my daughter-in-law. <laughs> That's a problem. Hmm? That's a problem. Why? Priorities are wrong. The Lord's not against you shopping, but if they told you you've got, you know, months to live, you need to rearrange some priorities here. Is that right? You need to make the word first place. So we can get over this vacillation and this wavering and wondering and questioning and get sure. Somebody say sure, 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 confident. Abraham was fully persuaded, fully persuaded. Not partially, not almost persuaded. He was fully persuaded. And he received. They received the miracle. He said that we are ambassadors for Christ, ambassadors for the Lord. That's a revelation that all of us could use a whole lot more of. Hmm? Ambassadors. Countries have ambassadors and embassies. If you are an ambassador, then you live, usually, at the embassy. You're living in a country that is foreign to you, foreign to your nativity, your citizenship. But the, in the embassy, you have rights. You have provision. 
you have protection because you're not there representing yourself. Oh, I need to say that again. I said you're not there representing yourself. <laughs> and uh, the laws that govern the country don't necessarily govern and control you because you're from another country. <laughs> Is that right? And you are actually free as an ambassador from prosecution and judgment under the laws of the land you're in because you're from another land. You're from another country. And your provision is not according to the economy of that country that you're in. <laughs> your provision comes from the country you represent. A completely different country. Come on, is that right or not? Have you ever heard of this? My God shall supply all your need according to the economy in Brisbane. Are you sure? I mean, as great as that might be, it's not as good as what he's talking about. Huh? According to how your corporation is doing or your company, the stock markets. No, no. He supplies all your needs according to his riches. Where? 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 Not even on this planet. <laughs> Not even on the planet. So therefore completely unaffected by anything that happens on the planet. Come on, can God meet your needs? No matter what is going on. No matter what. Have you read in the scriptures where even in times of famine, in times of economic collapse, God fed out in the wilderness, God fed his people, he rained manna out of the sky. Had quail flown in fresh without an airplane, is that right? Had water come out of the rock. Hmm? God can do it if you're convinced. Come on, y'all with me? If you know who you are, if you know what you are, and you're persuaded and convinced, it can come a myriad of different ways that you never thought of. I changed my, my vocabulary some years ago. Sometimes you hear people say, you know, I, I, I received some finances, I received something from an unexpected source. I don't say that anymore. There's only one source. Unexpected channel. There, there are many channels, only one El Shaddai. Only one Jehovah Jireh. Come on, help me. Only, only one creator of the universe. Only one. Only one. And he is not limited. You, 
How many have seen God can do some things? He can move amazing funds to you without picking up the phone. He's, he's got contacts. Is that right? Don't you, the, the devil will always try to convince you that there's a shortage of everything. He's the one pushing that narrative. Oh, we're, we're running out of everything. And one of the biggest things there's a shortage of is money. Oh, ain't enough money to go around. Don't you believe it? Don't you believe it? There is so much money in the world. There's so much resource that God did not put us on a planet that could not sustain us. Everybody tries to live on top of each other, but if you fly around a little bit and look at the planet, there's lots of room. There's so much room. There's so much resources. And God can get it to you if you're convinced. If you're confident, if you don't doubt him and you don't question him. I know some years ago, we first started out in ministry, Phyllis, my wife, and myself needed some things. And we had sown seed. We had agreed together in prayer. We believed we received, but it didn't come. And it didn't come. And it didn't come. And now the time we thought we really had to have it, that time has come and gone like a week and a half ago. <laughs> now, you know, when your faith is tried, you, then you're going to find out how persuaded you are. Huh? And uh, so Phyllis asked me, I came in from work. She said, what do you think's going on? I mean, you know, we need that money. Where is it? I said, well, I, I don't know, obviously, everything. But uh, I do know this. God does things through people. And anytime you got people involved, you got potential issues. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, uh, how many remember what Jesus said? Give, it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. What's the rest of it? Shall what? Men. Men are involved in this? <laughs> huh? Here's the thing about men, and he's talking about male men and female men, men and women. Here's the thing about people. They don't have to obey God. They can procrastinate. They can drag their feet. They can put it off. They can never do it. Does that mean your needs won't be met? And that's what I told her. I said, you know, anytime there are people involved, there are potential issues because people don't know, people procrastinate, they don't always obey. I said, but God's faithful. If we trust him and won't give up, he, whoever he has to deal with, he will deal with them. And there are people that will listen to him. And I, I, I even, I called a, a man's name that we had received under his ministry for years and years. I said, if God has to deal with him, I said, you think he can hear from God? She said, yeah, I said, me too. I said, if God has to hear from him, he will do it and we will get it. Three days later, that man found me. <laughs> Glory to God. That man, it's not like we'd been hanging out either. That man found me and put money in my hands. Glory to God. I went home. I pulled out the money, 
Phyllis said, glory to God. We shouted, we shouted. I said, now let me tell you the rest of the story. <laughs> it was like the Lord was saying, what you said about me is true. I will use whoever I have to use. If you'll trust me, and we're talking about being convinced, being persuaded. If you'll trust me, whatever it takes, God is faithful. Come on, somebody say, God is faithful. Are you fully persuaded that God is faithful? Hallelujah. Here you are in a foreign land with all kind of different rules and regs around and all kind of evil spirits and, and crazy confused people. This earth's a rough place. Have you found it out? This is, it's, a, it's a dangerous place. Just making it, there's enough stuff in the air you're breathing to kill you a thousand times over. Much less anything you eat or drink, there's enough people on the road that can take you out at any time. Right? I mean, there are demons and crazy people. Diseases and curse. It is not a safe place. But, but, thank God for this, but, Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Bigger, smarter, stronger. And you and I are not limited to what we see down here and feel. God will get it to us. Somebody's believing God for something right in here tonight. Huh? And just because it hadn't come to pass instantly or immediately doesn't mean a thing. Come on, say it out loud. It's coming. It's coming. In Jesus' name, we will have everything we need and more besides. More. We'll have God's the God of more than enough. He's the God of abundance. People have not, not because it's not God's will, not because he can't do it, because they don't dare to ask and because they don't dare to stand and believe. He'll even give you richly all things to enjoy. I got some things serve no other purpose except I enjoy them. I know that's not good English, but I enjoy it more than singular. How many know God will do things for you? You don't even need. I must have lost somebody. Huh? He'll do things for you that just to, just to decide, is he a good father or not? Is he a good dad? Well, a good, a good parent, do they enjoy doing things for their children beyond their basic needs? Yeah. I know some years ago, I, I played guitar a little bit, and uh, I saw somebody actually in the studio that had a gold top Gibson, Les Paul. And the ones that were made back in the 70s and, and all, those are collectors. Gold top, Les Paul. I saw that and I thought, hmm, that's quite nice. <laughs> and so it made an impression on me. Well, uh, uh, actually a couple of years later, I was driving that road in my car by myself and I thought about that guitar. I said, Lord, I'm going to ask you for one of those. I just ask you for one. Because you said you give us richly all things to enjoy. And I just, uh, I, I believe I receive it. 
I thank you for it. Well, I didn't think about it every day, but, you know, every week or two or a month or something go by, and I'd think of it. I'd say, thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for that gold top Les Paul. And uh, I guess two or three years passed. I was ministering in a place away from home one night, and I came out of the, the back door out of the building. I had a rental car there. I went to get in the car, and there's something on the hood of the car. I, I, it was dark. I walked up to it. It's a guitar case. And uh, I looked a little closer. It said Gibson. I thought, ah, what's, what's this? What's this? I opened up the door where I could get some light, and I put it in there. I popped the things, opened up. Pristine, perfect condition. Gold top. Gibson. And I can't even play that well. <laughs> So what'd you need that? I didn't need it. That's my whole point. That's why I'm telling you the story. <laughs> I didn't need it, but I enjoys it. I mean, I just like to walk by and see. I got, I got it. I got it in a display case in my house. I like to see it. I like to see it. <laughs> and, and only years later, I, did I find out. Who sold it to me? It was just sitting on the back of the car. Didn't know. I had told no one I wanted one. Not even my wife, Phyllis. I had, I had mentioned it to nobody except the most important somebody. Hallelujah. Is God this good? Is he really this good? Will he give you things you don't even need? Will he give you richly all things to enjoy, well, you know, ambassadors often live in nice places. Did I lose somebody? How many know ambassadors can, can dress quite well? Is that right? They can live in nice places. Even uh, villas. Huh? With nice multiple room houses. Full of nice things. Imagine that. And they're representing an earthly kingdom that will soon pass away. We represent a kingdom that will never pass away. We don't need to be arrogant. We don't need to be prideful. That's, that's of the enemy. That's the nature of the devil. But we do need to know who we are. And we need to act like who we are. Come on, we need, we need to, when we arrive to somewhere, when we step off the plane, we need to say, a representative of the kingdom is here now. Oh, I, I lost somebody. When you, when you walk into the store, come on, y'all with me? When you, when you come into the office, when you come into the hospital room to visit somebody, you need to come in there like you're somebody. That's a little too weak. But this is just night one. Is that right? This is just night one. You need, I'm not talking about coming there like, like, you know, puffy and, and arrogant. And I'm not talking about that. It's humility to actually submit to what the Lord has told you is true, whether you feel like it or not. And it should always be evident that you are not representing yourself 
You're not speaking of your own. You're not acting on your own. Does this sound familiar? Jesus said, I didn't come to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Didn't he say it? He said, I can of my own self do nothing. If he talks like that, you should talk like that. But that's not the end of it. He said, whatever I hear the Father say, I say it. Whatever I see the Father do, I do it. And that's when miracles happened. That's when miracles happened. Oh, thank God. We do not have to hide our face in shame as we go through life. We don't have to act like we can do nothing, we can do nothing. We can realize after communing with him and hearing from him, we can say what he told us to say. And how many know you need to do it accurately? You need to say it exactly the way he gave you to say it. Imagine, if you will, an ambassador from another country coming. And they talked to the office for two hours that morning in their home country. And they were given specific instructions. What to say, what is the official position of the president or the prime minister, the government. And so when they come in, should they just make up a list on their own? <laughs> and just say all manner of stuff. And then say, I'm saying this in the name of the president. And the president doesn't know anything about it. The prime minister, the king, doesn't know anything about it. Well, that's an unfaithful ambassador. That's an unfaithful representative. And they won't last long, will they? Their credentials will be pulled. <laughs> They're going to be sent home, right? And probably not asked to do anything else along that line. So it is paramount that as an ambassador, we hear from him. Hmm? Instead of being on the phone with the home office back in the other country, we need to be in prayer. Come y'all with me? In prayer, communing with the Father, hearing from him how we are to represent the Master and the kingdom today, where we're to go, what we're to say, what we're to do, and do it exactly, and do it accurately. And if you're faithful doing a small thing exactly the way he told you, he'll give you more significant things. He'll give you bigger things. If you, if you handle a, a revelation that he gives you uh, faithfully, he'll give you more revelation. If, if you obey him in $5, $10, then he knows he can trust you with a hundred or with a thousand. If you'll obey him with 10,000, he can trust you with a million. Come on, are y'all with me? If you won't obey him with the little, he knows he can't trust you with the other. Say it out loud. I am an ambassador of Christ. I represent him. Hallelujah. Did you see that? He said, in Christ's stead, he said. In Christ's stead. Go with me, if you would, over to the book of Proverbs. Let's look. Can you take a little bit more? Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13. 
Brother Hagin said in that vision, nobody as unworthy as I should look on your face. The Lord said, stand up. Is that the master? Does that sound like him to you? Stand up. I have made you worthy to look on my face. Did he go to great lengths? Made sin with our sin. Are we just as made righteous as he was made sin? It's happened for those that will receive it and believe it. Say it out loud. He's made me worthy to look on his face. Hallelujah. He's made me worthy. If, you're, if you've been made worthy to come right before the throne of grace and even stand up and look the master in the face, why can't you stand tall down here around anybody? Hmm? Not arrogant, not proudly, but confidently. Confidently. I don't care. Somebody has a bunch of power, a bunch of money, that doesn't make them anything in the kingdom. The Bible does say, you know, give honor to whom honor is due and show respect to the civil authorities, but in a few short days, they're going to be out of here, right? All of us are. And having big stuff and being well known doesn't make you anything in the kingdom of God. But if you've received Jesus, and you've committed and submitted yourself to him, you are an ambassador. Hallelujah. I know I'm being a little bit repetitive, but the Spirit of God's doing something in you. Every time I say it, hallelujah, it's coming in you stronger. Somebody say, I'm an ambassador. I represent the Lord Jesus Christ. I speak his words on his behalf. I act. At his, direction. at his direction. Hallelujah. 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 We're talking about the situations miracles come out of. Hallelujah. At the wedding feast of Cana, the first miracle that happened. Remember what Jesus' mother told the servants. Whatever he says to you, do it. And when they did it, that's when the water turned into wine. Glory to God. When you act on it, it's not you doing it, it's him doing it. But he, he loves us so much, he includes us in the process. Think about the term working of miracles. One of the gifts, manifestations of the Spirit. Working of miracles. What's, what's the working? Moses was involved in the miracle, the splitting of the Red Sea. Reckon God could have done it without him? Wasn't his choice. Come on, can you see this? Not the way he chose to do it. What did he say? Take your rod, stretch it out. God used what his man was doing, and when Moses reached the end of his ability to act on that instruction, the power of God manifested. Oh, come on, can you see that? That's how the work in the miracles manifest today. No, you don't do it. It's not, not something that you have in your power as a human being to make happen. And the name of Jesus is not like some magical incantation, but you've heard from him. And then you do what he tells you to do. And when you reach the end of doing what he told you to do, the power of God will manifest 
every time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. Because you spoke his words and you acted and did what he, he told you to do on his behalf. Thank you, Father. 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 We're having healings in this place tonight and tomorrow night. We're having miracles in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, God does miracles all the time. It's his nature. It's his way. It's his will. In healing school back years ago at Brother Hagin's ministry, there, I was speaking in the morning, and it was a small group. There was a lady who was sitting on the second row just about where this place positioned where this seat would be. And uh, I was talking about Mark eleven twenty four. What things serve you desire when you pray? Believe you receive them. You'll have them. She looked, she, in, in those small classes, sometimes it was informal. People could ask a question. She looked, I'm standing right beside her. She said, excuse me. I said, yes. She said, you, you're saying the verse says, you just take it. You just believe you take it and you got it. I said, yep. She said, okay. I kept, I finished preaching. At the end of the service, she came up, she's doing this. She said, look, 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 look. And then she had some notes. She's showing me all the notes she took. I said, okay, great, <laughs> you know. She said, you don't understand. Because I, I hadn't seen the lady before that day. She said, I had a stroke, you know, a year and a half ago. I couldn't use that side of my body. This hand didn't work. I couldn't write. I could. She said, look, look. Look, look. <laughs> Miracles can happen so fast, faster than you can blink your eye. One second it's this way, next second it's not that way anymore. God gets the glory. Somebody say, He's the healer. He's the healer. He's the miracle worker. Hallelujah. Somebody in this room has. Uh, joints and, and issues in their hands that are drawn. Maybe it's through arthritis or, or some of those kind of things. But it's a, it's a drawing of the toes or of the fingers of the hands. Just close your eyes, everybody, for just a minute. Focus on Him. Believe, believe God. for If it's not yourself, believe for them for just a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to manifest your healing power in hands right now. Hands and feet, fingers and toes. Everybody say, be loosed in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Now, I believe this is the word of the Lord. Move those hands. Move those fingers. Move those toes. Do it in faith in Jesus' name. Be loosed in the name of Jesus. Wrists and fingers and toes, feet be relaxed, hands be relaxed. Quit saying that you have that. Receive healing right now in the name of Jesus. The Lord's ambassadors need the full use of their body so they can go and do what he tells them to do. The Lord's ambassadors need to be fully functional so that they can fully serve and do what he said. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I receive, I receive. Especially if that's you. You say, I receive the healing power 
in my hands, in my fingers. I receive the healing power in my toes, in my feet. Said out loud, everybody, whether this is you or not, you're just joining faith. Said out loud, arthritis, arthritis. swelling, swelling. Inflammation, inflammation in the joints. In the joints. Leave, my body. Leave my body. Go in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You don't have to be drawn. You don't have to be incapacitated. You don't have to be limited. limited. Greater is the one who's in you than anything working against you. Hallelujah. You are an, an ambassador. You are the representative of the Most High. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Loosed to serve him fully and freely. Free in your body. Free in your joints. Your hands, your feet. Free. 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 Hallelujah. Something's happening. Glory to God. Something's going on right now. I know it. I know it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you've got any of those symptoms, don't say, well, Reagan, is that me? Is that me? Yes, that's you. Yes. Yes. What do you need? It's you. Believe you receive. All you got, all you got to do is just believe you receive the anointing. How many believe the Holy Spirit's here right now? He's here right now. Just believe you receive the holy healing anointing coming in. I know especially the Lord's healing hands and fingers and his healing feet and toes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, we receive it in Jesus' name. We receive it in the name of the Master, the head of the church. Glory. 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 Proverbs 13. I'm thinking about closing. We'll see how it goes. Proverbs 13, 17. says, a wicked messenger, 13, 17 of Proverbs, a wicked messenger falls into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is health. Hallelujah. What kind of ambassador? A faithful. What would be a wicked messenger? Unfaithful. Somebody that, that twists and says their own things in the name of the one that sent them falsely. Falsely. Have you ever seen that game, sometimes they do it at school, where somebody will whisper something into one person's ear and then they're going to whisper it in this person's ear, and whisper it in this person's ear, whisper it in ear. Have you seen it? Anybody know what I'm talking about? So maybe they said, uh, you know, I have a brown dog, and he likes to catch uh, a ball. And so by the time it gets down here, you know, I have a white horse, and uh, he likes to eat alfalfa. <laughs> How could that happen? How, how can that happen? Unfaithfulness. 
Y'all with me here? Unfaithfulness. You ever heard of, uh, if you're talking about artwork or sculpture or painting, somebody said, that's a, that's a faithful rendering. That's a faithful rendition. What does that mean? It's faithful to the original, right? They didn't, the artist didn't take license, as they say, and change things. Well, why was that statement changed up so much? Because the next person felt free to change it and put it in their own words. The next person felt free to change it and say what they thought the person meant. Come on, can you see that? And here's the problem. Most people don't see anything wrong with that. Which is why the scripture said a faithful person who can find. Faithful people are not plentiful. I know folks don't like to hear that, but I'm quoting scripture. Why? Because people think being faithful is being diligent, working hard, giving it my all, doing the very best I know how to do it. No, no. Being faithful is doing exactly what you were told. Exactly the way you were told to do it. Without any alteration or any change. Anybody with me or not? What makes a wicked messenger wicked? Got no problem changing it up. But a faithful, oh, somebody say a faithful. Faithful ambassador is health. Another one says a faithful ambassador is healing. The NIV says a trustworthy envoy brings healing. When we wait until we actually hear from God, when we seek Him until we actually hear from Him, and then we're faithful enough to share what he gave us to share exactly the way he, come on, come on, how many think, understand, you cannot improve on what God gave you, yeah. right? Any changes you make are not going to be improvements. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this looseness is unfaithfulness. And when he directs you to do something, you seek him until you get it. If it takes hours, if it takes days, I'm, I'm not talking about spending all day and night, but over a period of time, you keep checking your heart, you keep listening, you keep looking until you get it settled. Then you do exactly what he told you to do. You don't add to it, you don't take from it, you don't try to explain it. If you don't understand it, you don't understand it, but you are a faithful, come on, faithful ambassador. You come in his name and you only say what he said in his name. You only do what he told you to do in his name. You don't say your own words in his name. You don't do your own thing in his name. And if you do that, healing comes with you. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Healing comes with you. Restoration comes with you. Deliverance comes with you. Because this is bigger than you. This is beyond you. You're just acting as his envoy. And as sure as you accurately convey what he said, he's going to back it up. He's going to manifest it. He's going to do it. Can you say glory to God? Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Let's lift up our voices. Let's lift up our hands. Let's give glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
Come on, lift up your hands, lift up your hearts, lift up your voices, say glory to God. Praise you, Father. Oh, we worship you, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. I worship you. Come on, worship him, saints. Lift up your voice. Lift up your heart. Oh, thank you, Father. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you for making you righteous. Thank you for making you an ambassador. Thank you for making you his very own representative in this world. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you, 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 thank you. I thank you. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.